Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Loki, Season 2, Episode 3, 1893. Or should I say, Hornyville for the MCU? <laughs> because, I mean, we'll get into it, but I was just like, what is happening here? But nonetheless, let's get to the panel. The super producers in the house, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to talk about this. Surprised that I wasn't the one who called the episode Hornyville, but, you know, things things are in flux. <laughs> yes, yes. And and we do have a returning guest friend of the show. She is a pop culture journalist. I, I got that right. Leah Marilla Thomas. Leah, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Hello. Doing good. I brought the culprit with me. I brought my Miss Minutes. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Who I purchased well before I knew any of this was going down, obviously. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we will get to Miss Minutes shortly. But Aaliyah, as customary, when we bring somebody on to the show uh, who who hasn't been on previously, we ask them what's been happening, what has been their thoughts on the scope of what this show has been so far. So two episodes before this one, how have you received the show so far? It's, hmm... It's it's interesting with the show, I was saying this earlier, what I like, I like a lot. And what I don't like, I dislike a lot. So I don't really know where I land. Um, the season's a delightful to see all of these characters again in this world again, but it's been very rushed. Um, it's been very, like, frantic, runny. We got to get the doohickey for the doopity, and it's a lot. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um... You know, as I think about uh, what I've read from a lot of critics who have seen the first four episodes, it has been a mix of, there are some strong performances, but there's also like a, eh, I don't know about this, plot device kind of running a little rampant. Is that as important as the character story? That that has been kind of the 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 general synopsis that i've gotten from people as far as like how they felt about the first four because screeners got four episodes but we are on the third and i will say this i i got a text from friend of the show dal bean yesterday as after he saw it and it was pretty much like a half hour before i saw it and he said oh wow this was one of the best hours or best episodes of marvel tv i've seen so i was like huh i raised my eyebrow and then I was like, okay. So I watched the episode, and and I, I'm taking it in. And I think the thing that I take away from episode three is that I am incredibly entertained by this series, and I'm I feel pretty good about what I'm watching. However, there are spots, and I think this kind of speaks to what you were saying, Leah, where I feel like, huh, Jonathan Majors, huh um the the obvious the obvious time travel portion of the series overall and missing out a little bit on the loki mobius uh thing we only get a little bit of it at the beginning of the episode and while i comic book man am am very happy to get the ravona kang stuff which there is some interesting stuff there that you can dive into like I like I had said stated previously, the Jonathan Major stuff kind of changes what that feels like for me personally. So we'll get into it further. But 
Jake, I'll go to you for this portion. What did you generally think of this episode? I uh, could not agree more with your assessment that I, it was very entertaining and there was a lot of stuff I really enjoyed. But I think also, uh, Leah, you hit the nail on the head with the plot stuff where I am kind of, I was disappointed in this episode to see that it feels like the show thinks the audience cares way more about the actual plot machinations of fixing the TVA <laughs> than we actually do. Like, yeah. I don't, it, I don't mind if like people like make fun of MacGuffins all the time, but MacGuffins are fine because if they don't actually matter, they don't matter. And the thing that's annoying here is that it does, it feels like they're insisting that this isn't a MacGuffin, that the stuff of the TVA actually does matter. And it's like, I don't care really. Like if it, either the loom gets fixed or it doesn't, but like, the way that that like the fact that that is taking away screen time from what I think the weakest element of this episode is the fact that like Sylvie just shows up halfway through and is like, I got to kill this Kang variant, which like, as I, as I often say, I am willing to accept that that is a thing her character will do. I would just like to see more of why that is the case. And the fact that we're spending a lot of time with this plot when we only have six episodes, which once again, the solution here is just to have eight or nine episodes, but um, it's the Game of Thrones later seasons thing. Yeah, that it's like the fact that we have that I have to choose between having good character development for Sylvia, a character I care about, or the plot moving forward. It's like I don't like that I have to choose, and I really don't like that they chose plot. <laughs> right, I think that's fair. Uh, Leah, what did you think about this episode, generally speaking? This episode, um. It was probably my least favorite of the three so far, mm-hmm. mostly because I thought Victor Time. Well, no, wait, I don't need to feel guilty about this. I thought Victor Timely was so annoying. Yes, yes, yes. As a variant. <laughs> yes, say it. Um, I didn't, I, was he, like, con artists are supposed to be, like, slick and in control. Was he dorky and bumbling or was he in control the whole time i could not tell i think that's um i wrote i wrote this in the discord originally our discord which you can get of course if you subscribe to our patreon uh three dollars a month um so you you forgot to throw it up top and i uh yeah i I I got you but i typed out but i want to save it for the pod this is a classic actor putting too much mustard on the sandwich performance Mm -hmm. he has 16 different things he's doing and none of them make a coherent human being anyway leah continue there and they're interest they are interesting individually but put together, they're not. Um, I d- it feels like they're skipping beats, like you've just said. I would have liked a little bit more um, with Miss Minutes and Ravana to know how they got there. But then, like, I like the I like the Chicago World's Fair as a historical event. I, it yes. was fun watching them run around. It's fun with their little outfits and their tandem bicycle. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Sylvie found them or knew they, they were there. I thought she was like just going to chill at McDonald's mm-hmm. and not worry about it. But once she's there, adds more. In fact, uh, at the end of episode two, I thought that once um, Loki tells her that, hey, I saw you in the future... I thought she would go there to kind of see what mm. the story is as far as why was she at the TVA in the future, um, where what, what we see in episode one. And I don't know if they'll ever get back to that that part of it, but I think to Jake's point, as far as her just showing up 
in the middle of the episode and it's this weird it's this weird situation with her character as to i thought after how season one ended we would spend more time with her to kind of figure out what her head state is what her mind mind state is as far as like making this particular decision and it just feels like we've kind of skipped past it to a degree and we just see actions as opposed to what I feel like in episode two, what we got with uh, with Mobius after after X five kind of like reads him for how he views his life outside of the timeline and stuff like that, and we actually got some thoughts as far as what Mobius feels and what Mobius thinks about his life outside the outside the timeline. But um, with Sylvie, who should be at this point a central character, central figure to the show, kind of feels reduced to this um kind of power player that comes in for a few minutes. It reminds me, like in in wrestling, like they'll send they'll send this uh this big uh this big character out for to like you know beat up people for like two minutes and then they're gone and 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 that's it. And it's kind of like what happens here in this episode as well. So I feel like they've underserved and, and undercooked her stuff this, this season so far. I would like to see that change. Um, I think the thing that I really do feel like I did like the most was, and I feel Leah, you were accurate in your assessment in terms of miss, uh, miss minutes and Ravona kind of want to see how much further can we go with that? And maybe we'll get some more as the end of the episode alluded to. But I guess if you want, could you tell me, like, in viewing how the 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 start of this episode goes with Miss Minutes and Ravona, they're having this back and forth as this is he who remains his plan to have the TVA book delivered to a variant of his. And the way that this episode kind of evolves with those two, what did you think of that? It's, yeah, it's weird, right? So they're on a mission that I guess He Who Remains gave Miss Minutes before. And then, I don't know. I don't like the jealousy at all. And it really just seems to, it goes from zero to hundred so yeah. fast. Very fatal attraction. Like, what happened? I, hey, but no, at least in fatal attraction, they have sex first. Like, that's, this no. is just, I know why. Well, I mean, obviously, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, I, it's, I it's not a trope one, that so. I love. It's not a, like, you know, why is the woman crazy uh, because she's a stalker with a crush? Um, but it's interesting that she wants a body. Yes. I wish it, it hadn't gone, that hadn't escalated so quickly. That would have been interesting yes. to explore, like, over time. Yeah. I'm not against that. But it really felt like it came out of nowhere. And then it was over so quickly because she just mm-hmm. got yeeted back to the mm-hmm. um Into palace. the tempad or whatever. Tempad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a manipulation that, that that's definitely going on uh with Miss Minutes that she's trying to not only with Victor, but she also tries to impart on a Ravona even at the end of the episode. But go ahead, Leah. Also, is the implication that Victor is he who remains like remains because they, someone else calls him that. a he who remains variant which means they're both kang variants that was a little i think he's a variant but before we move on to ac theorizing about that which i know you want to mm. i will say i think 
Lee, I 100% agree with you. Because I'm always a big fan of any time, like, you have a thing that's not a human to have desire to be human. I think that that is a very interesting storyline always. And I think that I'm even okay with Miss Minutes if we establish that she did develop human feelings for he remains. The, there's the only man who she really ever knew, like, in any meaningful way. I, I'm willing to accept that. But I think that of those two feelings, the feeling that I find much more interesting and believable of a thing that she actually would go to, through these lengths to pursue is the wanting a corporeal body. Like, that is the thing that feels much more rich and real. As it, Whereas, like, the love thing, that feels, like, secondary. And I, once again, I would be willing to believe like if you pitch me the storyline of an ai is is trying to like take revenge on the variants of the man who made her because she was never given a real body i'm like yeah that's a very interesting heady concept but to reduce it to but also she really loved him and she wanted a body so they could i don't know uh cuddle with each other like that's just less interesting to me and it, it feels like it's a kind of a shortcut to it's trying to fit what is not a conventional storyline into a conventional storyline box to make it easier for us to digest. I think the funny part, I think the funny part about that is it, it's completely unnecessary. Cause I think if you put in the story element of what you're saying, Jake, or if you decide to put in just the idea of her wanting control, because at the end of the episode, she's like, she goes to Ravona, Hey, I know the secret. I know the secrets of all of everything that, that he who remains has and all this other stuff. I, just for the purpose of trying to control the situation as opposed to I'm mad. So this is how I get even It's just like, that's how yeah. it came off to me, even if it's not. So when it's presented that way, it's kind of difficult to, to, to digest it in a way that, that makes you feel good about what you saw. But Leah continue. Also, he's her creator. So that's was the implication too. So that's a little bizarre. And and once again, as I always say, whenever there's a thing like that's a bit messy, my my thought always is either lean into how weird that is or don't do it at all. And I knowing it's Marvel and in Disney, I don't think they're going to lean into it, so don't do it at all. Like I, we can get get David Cronenberg to make that movie. We can talk about it then, but like let's not do that here. Yeah, I'm yeah, all I'm yeah. all for the show being more horny, but this was not this is not like this. <laughs> no, unexpected. Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, uh, also the thing too is, Leanne, to reference your, uh, one of your tweets again, which I know I did before the show. I do appreciate that every episode you've been chronicling which of Mobius and Loki's interact, what they've actually been. They're on a date. They should just be little space time thruple with Sylvie. Let's all be happy. See, I, I I wasn't with you until the pie, until you posted the pie scene. Where I'm like, oh no, that that's a date. <laughs> that's a date. Her feet are touching. <laughs> By the pie scene, they're having this really like deep emotional conversation, which I feel like they've had like three or four of those already in the mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Kind of feels like we're there, even though we're not. So mm-hmm. I mean, I and then of course you add Sylvie. You know, I, I see, I see, I see. I'm putting, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Leah. Yeah. I, I definitely see you there. It, it but, also makes the yeah. dating yourself a little less weird if there's a third. Mm-hmm. Never thought uh, I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy series of words just came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would love to see. I, I mean, I like it's 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 kind of like this really unspoken, like real legitimate bond between Loki and Mobius that I feel like it 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 does feel like it does go beyond friendship. 
there's, there's... Like, I don't actually think that there's a, I don't think they should pursue a romantic storyline necessarily, but I do think yeah. it is funny how once again, Leah, your tweet just the way that the all the screen strategies are framed, it's like each one of them, it's like, oh yeah, they're both like dressed to the nines, they're like out on the town. But I think that there is I think that going back to what you were talking about earlier, AC, that I think that we're that we're getting a lot of like snippets of this, but because they have to spring into action mode in like twenty seconds after all of these things, other than the pie scene, we're not getting the long, drawn out character stuff that we got so much in the first season. Like I thought that the first three episodes of the first season were so incredible with, and, yeah. and I'm just, I'm, I don't need to see that many crazy chases. Like there, this is not the, what I'm looking for in the show necessarily. I mean, put into perspective episode three of the first season, where it's it's Loki and Sylvie having a bunch of conversations about not only themselves but how they view themselves overall, just as mm-hmm. as people, and. I mean, they're sitting on a rock and having a conversation. Like, all these things are happening there, sitting in the train car and all that stuff. And and it's not to say that this episode was bad, because I don't no. feel like... It, it, it's not It's not bad, but you can, you can kind of see where... And this is something that, I mean, I can reiterate it a thousand times about Marvel television, is that these six episodes... Uh, limit you so much into what you can do that you're forced to have these these uh stops and starts where you get into a situation where you want to really advance the plot and after two very heavily focused loki mobius episodes now this now you you take this this bigger storyline the the ravona and kang of it all and it be, and it kind of like takes the entire stage of mm-hmm. what uh, what episode three is. Not to say that it's a bad thing, because I do think one of the issues that many people have complained about, as far as the MCU is concerned, as of late, is this multiverse storyline. How come we don't have what we feel like is enough of Kang to this point? And how do we get though that story? And I feel like they I've, they took steps here to get there, but I think. In doing so, it still kind of like cuts cuts out uh, some of the some of the some of the things that you would like to see. Otherwise, I saw a tweet today where somebody was talking about like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if if the TVA like had an episode where they went into space, or you know, like Loki and Mobius went into space and dealt with like like aliens and stuff like that?" And I said that would be cool if you had ten episodes to do it, but mm, yeah. I mean, you ain't really got time for that. So I think that's that's. The limitations of television making, we talked about that last week, so I don't want to belabor it. I mean, I've much. talked about it, what is it, what's the year, 2023, I've been talking about it since we started well, the since show. We've Disney, since, oh, well, since, since, since Marvel Plus. started making television. Right, so yeah. like, the, the same point applies to where, you know, even with something as quality as Loki is, it still has its limitations, so... That, that part that part will always be a, a sticking point when we watch these episodes. But I did want to say about the he about your point earlier, Lee, about the the Victor Timely and He Who Remains uh, variant thing. It felt like weird because they allude to it at points in the episode that oh, I know the man that you can become. You can become him, and I'm like. Is he gonna become he who remains at the end? I, I don't. I, I wasn't. Sure. I don't think so. I think that she is talking to him as if like because he's a variant, he has the capability of becoming as great as him. I don't think that we're supposed to believe that he is because also because that's not the way that time travel works in the Marvel universe, uh, right? 
it's not it's, it doesn't work that way necessarily well it does kind of work that way in within the tva yes but i think we're supposed to believe that hmm, i'm trying to think i don't know I, I think that the fact that it's confusing leads me to believe that he can't be the same. Because if he was supposed to be the same, I think they'd make that pretty clear that, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Because this is the thing where if if you want to play this out, play this part of it out, and Victor Timely does all of the things that the plan is supposed to state, goes to the TVA, fixes the temporal loom, all these things that he who remains wants at this point to to fix things and get to the end of time like what ends up happening does victor timely who seems like this very i guess i guess you could say quote unquote like sympathetic figure to a degree even though he's really a scammer um that i mean he he i'll say this, he is supposed to be a sympathetic figure which i think is why jonathan majors is putting too much mustard on the sandwich because he's trying really hard to make you not think about he who remains um but yeah he's supposed to be a sympathetic figure because you know he's ma- trying to make it work and i think you're so i feel sympathetic for him because he was basically given the instructions on how to build a you know a ferrari but in 1467 like that's you feel bad for him for that yeah i don't feel bad for the people he's scamming no, oh, that's, that, that's, they don't seem like good people. I, yeah, <laughs> no, they're definitely not them. good people. Also, I will say, in terms of just inaccuracies, there ain't no way in 1893 that a white dude's gonna give a black dude a thousand dollars. This is what would happen they would just take the machine, and, and unfortunately, some very unfortunate and terrible things would happen to Victor Timely as opposed to what we got here. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that, but. Um, so he, I do love that when they get there, yeah. uh, Mobius just offhandedly is like, there's a Congo World's Fair, Thomas Edison, H.H. H. Holmes. Like, those are not related things. <laughs> those are not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, let's really, let's talk about the, the timely Ravona stuff. Because as it's funny enough, when we did the episode one recap, we talked a lot about what this would look like, and we made a lot of jokes about it too. And, but it's kind well, of episode, our episode one recap was completely normal. See, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that the episode one recap. I mean, when you consider the end of the episode where we get the whole "well, you're going to be mad about this thing that he did," sounds kind of what we talked about in yeah. the first episode. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested, Jake, to get your perspective on it as yeah. we see. As we kind of see uh, Ravona and this Kang variant mm-hmm. kind of do the the yeah. little dance, a little flirty here, but he kind of betrays her. So yeah. That's so while I did, I was a bit eye rolly at Majors' performance. I thought that Gugu did a lot of great work to, like, she did enough for me to be sold more or less sold on them having chemistry, despite the fact that I don't think that Majors was giving much. And I think that, like, he is charming. His character is charming in his way of being the yeah. bumbling, absent-minded professor type. Like, that is a recognizable type of charming. I don't know if he needed to. I I, I really think that the starter was the, he, that was the one extra ingredient he didn't need. I don't think he needed it. And I'm not saying well, that because. Didn't even, but the, the wild part is not to cut you. He yeah. didn't even break it out immediately while he was talking at the, yeah. at the front of the fair. And it's after the fact that he breaks it out. Yeah, it's, it was. That was the thing that was a bit too much. Um, But I think that there's a way that um, clearly 
the way, the thing that Google plays really well is that like on the one hand, Ravona obviously is in some way attracted to this version of Kang, but there's also this she admires him so much because she admired he who remains so much and like being and so like there's an interesting dynamic that like the thing that he sees her as you know a pretty woman who's interested in him, whereas she sees so much more, which I think is what makes the dynamic interesting. The betrayal I found to be. I didn't need it to be as on the nose as just the word partnership. Like I kind of got it. I that feels like the the Marvel thinks I'm an idiot, which sure they do. But like I'm willing to believe that he doesn't want to. Like the fact that it was like a magic word as opposed to just the idea of a partnership was kind of like okay, yes, you said partnership. I I wasn't surprised then when she got betrayed because I knew that he said that 20 minutes ago that he doesn't like the word partnership. Right. And, and and Leah, like in terms of kind of what you you see with Ravona and, and Victor Timely and kind of that bond that starts at first, which then turns to Ravona kind of going uh, apeshit on him at the end of the episode. Um, what, what did you see there? What, what did you find interesting? I, I did. Unlike Miss Minutes, it is about as much of a slow burn as successfully, I think, as you could get in that short amount of time. Like, I do like how she initially was kind of like this is the guy and then sort of started to see the appeal and then she went on a nice full journey mm-hmm. in the episode. Yeah, and I, it, yeah and i think that back in it, it just kind of reminds me of uh the books and the way that ravona and kang, kang have kind of been portrayed in the sense that you know they obviously have this attraction to each other but it can never really work out because there's always something in the way in terms of in this case, timely wanting to go ahead with whatever whatever plan to be this genius inventor to take over the TVA or whatnot. Or in Ravona's case, her kind of near borderline obsession now with with free will and wanting to find out what that is about. So to kind of see that actualization from the the books to a degree was nice. Because mm-hmm. this is kind of what if 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 we're going to forecast whatever Kang Dynasty, whenever we get there, um, if we want to forecast that, this is the central relationship. This is what this is throughout all variants, all times, all versions of these folks, which can get confusing at times. But this is kind of what you want to focus on, and I think this was at least a a decent first step in doing that. Uh, Jake, I wanted to ask you because we've so we've talked a little bit about Jonathan Majors' performance mm-hmm. here. But he had a lot of screen time in this episode. How did you, how did, we've, you and I have discussed over the past few months that this return was gonna feel a little uncomfortable and weird. How did this come off to you? It was uncomfortable and weird for the first minute. And then, unfortunately, I don't say this is like a point of pride. Like, I just, I I just eventually just stopped thinking about it because I, you know, was, um, because I'm always, I'm generally of the opinion with um, art, with, like, people who commit transgressions, like, for example, like, if a, like, director, like, I've never seen a Woody Allen movie in my life, because by the time I was old enough to watch one, I already knew about stuff, and it feels way too personal for me, like, they they feel, like, way too personal for, like, I don't, you know, and so that's, I've never made that affirmative decision, but with Mm -hmm. actors, it's like, there's so many people that work on a thing that, like, I'm not gonna not watch a movie because Kevin Spacey is in it, because he's one of... 100 people who made it. And so that being said, like, because Jonathan Majors is playing a character that someone else wrote 
and it was directed and there was a, a project he's in and it's not like about him. Like, and I know Leah was made giving weird face when I said the Woody Allen thing. Like, Woody Allen made a movie about well, how I'm he just, dated a, a I'm 17 year old. I'm just surprised that I'm, I'm jealous in a way. Yeah, I, I think it really is because, like, I didn't grow up watching a lot of movies with my family. And then I think I was, I forget how old I was when the Dylan Farrow letter came out. And then I'm like, okay. Um, and the thing I always, I've always said is that when he dies, I'll watch all of them because then he won't see a cent. But, um, so, but anyway, because it's a, because it's among so much other things, like, I was just kind of just like, I have to deal with it. I still want them to recast him, obviously, just because I don't want to have to think about this. I don't want to have this conversation on this podcast for the next five and a half years, really. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it just, it's, it didn't help the fact that I didn't think the performance was that good. Because the difference with He Who Remains is I thought he was incredible on the Loki season finale. Whereas, like, this, you know, I was just like, oh... You could get I if throw in whatever whatever replacement you want. I think he would do a little bit better because he just feels he's like, not to make it, but he feels like he's trying so hard to seem harmless, which is like that. Now that I think about it, is like oh, that just made me feel good. Hmm. And and Leah, how did how did you receive the performance generally? Besides what the stuff that you've said about it being a little bit too much so far. I mean, yeah. Uh, any any discomfort that I felt just watching Jonathan Majors on screen was quickly replaced with being irked at. How <laughs> annoying Victor Timely was. <laughs> it's uh, funny, like, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how he meshes with. I don't know. I'm assuming there's more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's in the rest of this series, as far as I know. Um, well, I think we'll probably see another another variant, and then obviously whatever comes next. Well, there's a whole lot of rigmarole to to get through as far as that's concerned, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how kind of like that story carries over. Cause it, it, now I've, you know, it's funny, like Loki season one was two years ago and it feels like so much time has passed to, as to where, I mean, Kang dynasty, I think about it. Like it, it feels like 50 years from now. So mm-hmm. you don't know when all of this stuff is gonna, gonna play out and come mm-hmm. to fruition. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's let's talk about Miss Minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into the let's get into the horniness, because mm-hmm. Jake, I, I I have to say, mm-hmm. like when I was watching this episode last night, mm-hmm. I I looked at my wife when as it was going on, and I and I said, Yo, what is what's this lady doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is she doing? She got she did the little blush thing when she was, and then she went into the dress and. Mm-hmm. And everything, what, what did you think was happening there? Because I felt like it was so yeah. bizarre. I thought that they were just going to hint at it. With what? Which once again, like, if it was just like a hinting thing, or like a, you know, like there was the implication of that. Like, well, I'm willing to accept a lot of different things. As everyone knows, I was the first person to say like it's fine if Loki and Sylvie kiss. That was a position I staked at very early on in season one. Um, but the fact that it goes from zero to hundred so quickly is really the problem I have with it. Because like, if we're going to accept that she's an AI that has a full range of human emotions, like then you also have to accept that she could fall in love with someone. Like that's the thing I, I I'm kind of fine with that. But the way it's one of those classic things you wonder with a fictional character where it's like, how did you think this was going to go? Like what was their actual game plan for what was going to happen here? I think that is the thing that's more confusing to me is like, I think that 
if she had a plan to get Victor Timely on her side and to like work with her, him, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that eventually was supposed to end with Victor Timely giving her a body that they could be together, fine. But like that feels like a conversation you should have after like a lot longer together than just like three or four minutes. And so I'm just it was like a fu- it's a fun idea and like Anytime Marvel accidentally is transgressive, I'm happy. Like, and it's always accidentally. But I'm always happy if that happens. But it just was like, do it better. It, you know, I, just lay the groundwork. And this, once again, would have been a thing that you could have laid the groundwork for if we didn't need to only spend, like, two minutes with Ravona and Miss Minutes at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Right. The, the escalation, for me, it, is kind of where, like, it kind of goes off the rails, where um, it... You get a sense of it where she adds these little comments throughout the episode, but then it just really just goes like to to a place where I don't know. I found myself laughing because it was it was kind of funny because it's like I was like they're really doing a lot here, but 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 Leah just generally like in terms of because you don't see you don't see. Marvel do stuff like this. It was just a little odd. What did you feel about it? No, they really don't. So, you know, of course it's got to be an AI, not a a real, I don't know. We just had She-Hulk. She was was plenty horny. Um, I don't know. Like, on one hand, if she looked at Victor Timely and said, that guy would love a robot girlfriend... I would, you know, that's probably yeah, that, correct. Yes. That's a fair <laughs> assumption, a fair assessment of his vibe. Um, but yeah, can't we can't just have normal flirty flirtation no. anymore? Ugh, I mean, so sad. I, I, you, AC, I need to call up the Wall Street Journal again. I need to give, give my piece. Um, <laughs> but uh, right? AC, I have a question. Do, has because I'm not in that section of Twitter. Has uh, your section of Twitter been giving Tej hell, like saying that he might want to? Be on this minutes because you know he falls no, by the I, eye women. <laughs> you know I haven't to the, this today. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I haven't seen any of that yet. If you want to do that, feel free to take bring, that for me because I don't you know. Bring, him, I mean, but... you bringing me you bringing me back to a time. Oh my god, that's yeah. ooh, those couple yeah. days were funny. For context, Leah, person on who's in like AC circle generally, like, this guy on Twitter, mm-hmm. Teej, actually he recommended like a uh, Twitter an, an IG account for a woman, and it turns out they're AI generated photos. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> and then when people were posting some of the older photos, they're like so bad. <laughs> it was so obvious. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I was wondering maybe he he's seeing that scene and it's like this is exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, you make you make me after this after yeah. this one to go to go check it. You got it. You got it. Oh, but it's, I just it's just a thought I had. Um, no man. Um. So okay, so where are we in this series? How are we feeling? How are we feeling about it now, halfway through? Um, Leah, you kind of you kind of gave me gave me the hand, like like I don't know, I, I'm a little like up in the air. How I'm, o- I'm open, I'm interested, I'm listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, it all hinges on the next song, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, I got you. And, and Jake, well, yeah, how, do you, how do you feel? I, like I think now? this is a fulcrum point for it. Like I think that. There are ways for these last three episodes to go that I think are really great. I think that, um, I hope that, and I imagine, like, I imagine that the final plot of the final episode or two is not going to be just about 
fixing the loom because like that's not very character based. The thing I will, I, as I said, I wish that this, I wish they would have moved on for that plot line an episode ago. But I, I, I'm wherever it goes, like whatever trouble is caused by Victor Timely being in the TVA, whatever trouble Ravona and Miss Minutes cause, I'm excited to see those things happen. But I would like to see them happen sooner than later. Because the thing that I think Loki season one was so good about is that like they didn't let plot lines fester just for the sake of waiting to the end. Like as I just like as we talked about, like the plot line of the first two episodes of Loki season one is to find Sylvie. And then the plot line, like it's the the major plot changes every few episodes. And so like what I really don't want to happen is I don't want Ravona and Miss Minutes to kind of disappear into the last episode. And I'm afraid if Loki has been taking notes from Marvel's other TV shows, they might do that. And like, I want it to keep moving. I want there to be a new problem every episode. And so depending on how the next episode goes, we'll know, but there's a lot of good stuff up in the air. Um, I really hope they do more justice to, for Sylvie as this goes on. And um, I don't know. I'm also excited to see the thing that they kind of planted the idea of Victor Timely also being excited to meet Ouroboros. So maybe that gives some credence to your, the thing you brought up last week about Obi possibly going evil. Mm. Well, you know, that's all that that's been in the back of my mind a little bit. Um, obviously a little less so this week with not seeing him very much, but um, getting back to that next week should you know hopefully will will, will be interesting and as they bring Victor Timely to the TVA to kind of to, to try and fix this this temporal loom. Um, as far as the series goes, for me, I I feel pretty good in terms of like what I've seen. It I, I think and listen, it's it's Loki, so obviously like you you love you love Hiddleston and you love Owen Wilson and that dynamic and everything that that's fostered so far and also after secret invasion like anything anything could have could have been mm-hmm. you know could have yeah. gotten this to a to a decent place so the fact that we're getting we're getting this and at least at the very at the at the minimum they are entertaining me every week and i'm interested in the performances and the mm-hmm. characters to kind of see where this overall story goes but thinking about it last night after watching it i do feel like this this show is not going to end with this season i feel like they're gonna do another season of this it does feels pretty safe that they're in a they're in like a a good uh pocket in terms of like how they want to tell stories with this Mm -hmm. um that uh, enough people will keep bringing themselves back to enough people will be interested in watching so i think there'll be another season of this. and tom hiddleston realizes he's probably aged out of being bond um <laughs> i'm sorry i, I didn't I, I, I that was more of a joke than to make you but yeah i mean it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah oh. I, 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 feel, I feel like as long as you give as long as i feel like i get the answer to why sylvie runs into loki in episode mm-hmm. one um why the 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 ravona part of it the miss minutes part of it now get a little bit more backstory there and um i do also hope that we revisit uh mobius and i think one thing that we didn't address in this episode was the 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 conflict between mobius and ravona that really just kind of like yeah we saw in the finale of season one that it was contentious between Mm -hmm. the two of them Mm -hmm. and that continued there's this there's this real like conflict between the two of them so actually i'll I'll stick with that for a second before i continue on like thoughts going forward but i uh, there's ravona seems to like have a disdain for him and his whole his whole the um 
ideology and stuff like that. Leah, what did you make of their conversation that we saw? Yeah, that is really interesting because he brings it up before they go Mm -hmm. to Chicago, too. He's like, oh, that's going to be awkward. It's the woman that tried to kill both of us. Oh, boy. So, yeah, he really feels that more than other people. Yeah. Yeah. And they they were very close. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like real good, real good friends, and now it's like mm-hmm. it's not like she hates him. Like she can't, well, she really I can't mean, stand him. As as Facebook memes from people I went to high school with will tell you, the worst part about betrayals it never comes from an enemy. So, oh wow, <laughs> now, we... oh boy, do we know whether or not her memory has been? Yeah, it must have been erased. Yeah, it was because she was a school I, teacher, a school principal. Right, 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 right. right. That might be the secret. Yeah. That might be the secret that Miss Minutes. What, what I with. guessed, what AC was alluding to when we talked about episode one, is that I, I know I said that I think other, I think everyone else agreed that like the, that Kang has been basically erasing the memory of Ravona in particular because he can't keep away from her or because they're toxic yeah. for each other. One of the two, um, which we both said is toxic behavior, but also he's toxic. Um, but yeah, so she's definitely had her memory erased. I think the big, I think the reason they have a conflict is because I the betrayal thing is pa- partially a joke, but it's also true that I think the, the reason it's contentious is because I think Ravona is mad at Mobius for not seeing things because they're so close. She's mad that he doesn't see things the way she does. That like, right. how could you not be on this crusade with me? And the fact that he's not, the fact that he sided with Loki, who is a bad variant, who's a trickster over her, I think she finds is a deep betrayal. Now, she'll say it's because they disagree ideologically, but obviously it's because of the betrayal. It's because she's mad at him for that. And so I, I'm, I wish they explored it more, and I'm willing to buy especially that, like, that I, I feel that Ravona is mad, and I feel that Mobius is hurt. I just wish they would explore that more. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that... Uh, yeah, I think the fact that you, you saw that again, I was like that that actually stood out to me in the sense that, oh, this is like this is like a real like fight. Like we're not I'm not happy with you, which is funny because did she prune him? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm Mobius, I would be a little bit more mad than than um what he seems. And he kind of seems like I'm trying to I'm trying to work this out. I'm trying to get us to a place where we could just get Victor Timely to the TVA. And figure this thing out, but she's not having any of it. Um, I, I, yeah, the Ravona character—if they explore her, uh, Goo Goo can uh, really can can really uh, show her chops because I think yeah. I think she I think she's awesome. I think she's been awesome um, yeah. every time that I've seen her on screen uh-huh. so far in this series. Yeah, I mean, she's—I think just—I—I I, I think that she's really good at playing. And at the end of this episode, she fully goes all out, which I think is rewarding. That like through. The end of last season and the beginning of this episode, she is clearly trying to be the very put together, like, I'm on top of everything, but she's clearly not. And then she finally, at the end of the episode, goes, it was reminiscent of the clip in third season of Community in the documentary episode, where Annie's, like, has the pair of uh, hair tied back with her pencils, like, but d- the Dean would be crazy, like, that she's fully kind of lost it. And I think that it is... She- I really like the way that her character has evolved because like I said, she is in the first season, you, she's the ultimate voice of authority. You see her first in that gigantic judge's chair. And then she's the one that Mobius goes to for guidance. And I think that like, I think so much of her energy is, I think she's focused on what she's focused on because if she spends any time to stop and reflect, she'll realize that she has put all of this type A energy into something she doesn't understand or really believe in. And I like that because that's something I can relate to. And I think is yeah. a thing 
that is is really well done. And I think that, like that's the more interesting thing. I, I I think that if you look at what these characters actually are being motivated by, as opposed to what they say they're being motivated by, his characters lie all the fucking time. And I think she's completely full of shit if she says that it's about like this grand crusade about free will. It's like no, she's trying to like make give herself purpose because she realized the thing she had purpose for before was bullshit. Yeah, and I think they. I mean, we talked about it last week, like the TVA and and the 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 place that you can take it as far as like religion is concerned. It's almost like these characters, to a degree, kind of like you gotta save the TVA, gotta save the TVA. Which, you know, Jake, you make a fair argument earlier where it's like I don't really care about saving the TVA. That's not the most important thing here. It's kind of like Loki, Sylvie. Like, what's that gonna be? Loki, Mobius. What's that gonna be? Ravonna and Kang. What's that gonna be? The TVA seems like just this again, this plot MacGuffin that while yeah sure it's a thing but i care more about the people than the thing so yeah that's that's kind of where i land on it you know we'll see what we'll see what happens with um with this series we're we're halfway through um episode four i i have heard that is it that that they leave it on a little bit on a cliffhanger because that was the last one that was sent to yeah people who screen i was told a a certain person whose name rhymes with bunter medici had tweeted that it's really good Next week's next week's guest, by the way. Right. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it should be yeah, it should be interesting to see. Uh, Leah, any final thoughts that you want to impart on on if you have any Loki thoughts or general MCU thoughts? Obviously, we we talked we spent some time last week talking about the Marvel TV and what happened with Daredevil and everything. So, if you if you want to add anything, oh, on that, I'd be interested. I saw. Jeff Loeb at New York Comic Con just sitting yeah. in Artist Alley, completely unbothered, and I thought, how lovely it must be to be him right now. <laughs> mm. I know. I, I should Google this. But has anyone asked why he spells Jeff like that? Like that's the thing I, I care most about. Right. That's so true. Because I'm I'm a I'm a big proponent of, and this is one of my hottest takes. Because I think that there should only be one way to spell every name, and like yeah. there's just because it's just you should never have to say my name's Jeff. Imagine. Imagine how much of an asshat you must feel like you're like, it's Jeff, uh, J-E-P-H. <laughs> Is it, I wonder if it's short for... Yeah, let me find this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Biblical, Jeff like, Loeb. Jephiah. Oh my God. It's short for Joseph. Fuck that. No. 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 Him and Joss Whedon are doing no. this. Joss is the word. Yeah. You couldn't come to my Josh? Okay. Ugh. Some people, man. Oh boy! Um, Don't get me started about Topher Grace, okay? But Topher sounds like Gopher. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but so no, that's no. not as bad. But I just wanted to. I just I had to think of a third. The rule threes. Yeah. Um. um boy, oh boy, am I excited for the Marvels? Um. You're not going to be able to tell me otherwise. Hey, we're excited. Yeah, you know we're. I'm excited for it. People, the the dumbest discourse is people are like, because the runtime is short, that means it's bad. Maybe it does, but no. it, 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 it doesn't. No, like short comedy. Exactly. Comedies are short. That's so, exactly. That's such, yeah. Such a dumb line of thinking with that. Well, I mean, people, oh, I don't know if you know this, but people, uh, I don't want to disparage your fans, but people who like this stuff a lot of times are dumb. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's kind of the, maybe, I, I honestly, I'm probably feeling this way. I'm I'm feeling more hostile towards MCU fans than usual because I just saw Killers of the Flower Moon today, which is incredible. And then I saw a clip where someone's like, seeing Martin Scorsese movies is like going to the DMV. You have to do it, but it's boring. I'm like, Martin Scorsese movies are boring? They're boring? 
He's, he's do you he's, truly you don't have to do anything? You don't, you don't have, have to, to do it. Like, I, <laughs> I truly like. I don't understand how you these people set up podcast mics when they could get distracted oh, so, by keys being jangled. Wait, this was a marble person? No, it was like a it was a like a nerd. I saw it was a clip I saw on Twitter where I think actually your roommate put it in my feed. Um, <laughs> that uh, it was like a comic type thing where there's a bunch of Funko Pops in the background sure, and sure, they're sure. yeah. So I'm assuming that this person, it compa- it's wild to compare a movie to the DMV. And now I do not think this about the MCU. I'm going to make that very clear. Yes. There well, are people you. out there that think mm-hmm. that you have to cons- watch every single thing yes. to understand mm-hmm. that would be like going to the DMV. I, I, uh, you're 100% right. It's if not anything correct. is like the DMV, it's watching Marvel. If anything is. It's watching but no. A twenty no. plus film and now so many television show yeah. franchises. But yeah, I'm, I, I apologize. I, I usually by night in color. I'm not going to understand the Marvels. Yeah, I I usually, as you know, AC, I, I keep I keep my contempt for Marvel fans at bay. Uh-huh. It's it's always there. I always have it. But I but today I after because I saw it like an hour after I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, which is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, it, it just is so good. I'm going tomorrow. Um, I'm very excited. And it. And then to see that, but no, um, yeah, it's uh, where were we about? I honestly, I still have Jeff Loeb's Wikipedia page. Talk about Jeff Loeb. We're talking about television. I'm excited for the Marvels. Yes, the Marvels is well. No, no, I mean, listen, I as far as the Marvels is concerned, I I know I'm excited to see it. I'm like I've been talking about on this show. I want to see Carol Danvers. I want to see what that character is. Give me more of her. Hmm. I want to understand her. And then you add in the elements of Monica and uh, Kamala, then like, oh, this should be a fun time. Like, I don't know about you, but I got, I, I have been sold on the Marvels until I see bad reviews from the moment I heard Nia DaCosta on the Blank Check episode for Trance in which she ranted about the girls moment in yeah. Avengers. <laughs> oh, she gets it. She gets it. It sounds like she gets it. It sounds like, I mean, the way that I've read in her interviews talking about like, hey, we're actually going to do stuff with the characters in terms of like the carol stuff which i think is important i don't know anything about her also no more i do rec i do recommend people listen to that blank check episode Mm. and and then read her interviews because there's there were a couple of quotes that got pulled they got pulled out of context on twitter i'm sure that's shocking information Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah, that people were like oh she's so down on it she's so mean-spirited no 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 very very dry like and not to and not to person. be not to put a, the white knight cap on, but it, it it genuinely is incredibly noticeable how that always happens to women that women are yeah, never yeah, given yeah, the benefit of being because everything we say is very 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 serious because we're very angry all the time. Like thinking about like other directors, like David Fincher says the meanest things about every person ever, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, but he's just joking, which because he is just joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Nina Costa can't joke about you know Kevin Feige being a high and hands on producer anyway. Um, yes, but actually, Leah, let me just ask you about the TV thing, because I am curious about your, your thoughts on it. What, because when you see that stuff come out, which honestly about Secret Invasion, like we could, uh, we could all figure that part out um, <laughs> watching that, watching that show, but just how it's permeated throughout the entire product. What, what, when you, when I guess when you read that, what did you make of it? The Kevin Feige thing? Well, I mean, not just the Feige thing, but just generally how they view TV and how they view it as, let's do it like movies. I mean, I'm thrilled that they finally stopped 
that they're finally starting to consider, you know, showrunners and show Bibles and full writers rooms and longer seasons. Um, because it, it's not working. And they had, it is interesting because the, the Netflix shows suffered from a Netflix problem where they mm-hmm. were three episodes too long. Yes. And there was always that like lag in the last like five, four or five episodes. There were always two episodes. Stuck in the building for, for like an episode. Yeah. There were always the two episodes where the characters were like mostly incapacitated. Yep. And they, oh God. And what was the interview that, no, it was the piece about them reworking television where they were like, in the new Daredevil show, he's not going to wear the suit until episode four. All of the Netflix shows, they didn't wear the suit until episode 12. Like, that's <laughs> normal. That's that's just how they've been making television. But, yeah, I would much prefer to see Disney try to do something that's more like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's, like, longer and has season arcs. And maybe Loki can be that. Maybe they can... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something Keep that they going. should... They, and She-Hulk would work well that way, too. Oh, well, I feel you, like that... Your lips to God's ears. That was so... You know, that actually was the surprising part to me. Because I thought She-Hulk was like... It fit... It hit all of the right... This is a TV show vibe. Yeah. And it felt that way from start to finish. And I enjoyed it. And even there, there was... Uh, uh, what you call a director replacing this one and taking the reins and stuff like that. And then they got to bring Jessica Gal back at the end of post-production, which was just, which is good on their part, but still like the fact that there's so much wrestling for control and all of that other stuff uh, that stood out to me as like, Oh no, this is not great. Not, not great yeah. in any type of the sense. Yeah. It's, I think that like, I know Leah and I have discussed this before on Twitter once about, uh, knowing too much about TV growing up, but I, my, I, my TV fandom was forged in reading deadline pieces about community, and so mm-hmm. I have oh. a, a lot of thoughts about executives taking things over and thinking they know better. And I think that, like, I think what Shield shows, like, like I said last week, like even though they did try to mess with it or whatever, I do think it's notable that that's the one that feels most like TV, and that's the one that like an executive was never running. Even when they took it away from Jessica, yeah, they still gave it to a director. Like, there's just something so gross about the idea of an executive being a showrunner because that's like a head not, writer. It's yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we I, I would just repeat myself, which it's not like I don't do that all the time, but I'll stop. Yeah. Well, well, nonetheless, um, you know, we will we will see what happens with the TV series Loki as we continue on this journey, as we not only get to towards the end of Loki, but we get closer to the Marvels, which should be a lot of fun to talk about and watch. So looking forward to doing that. Leah, as always, it has been a pleasure for you to join us on this episode. Where can we follow you? Where can we find your work? I mean, (laughs) The 65 places that you... Yeah, right. Um, you can follow me on on Twitter and whatever Twitter alternative you prefer, at Leah Marilla. Um, I just finished recapping The Walking Dead colon Daryl Dixon for Vulture. I do just want to note quickly, yep. AC, do you remember what Rod said about The Walking Dead? He said he's the only person who's still watching. He's wrong. No, it's We're me. We're still watching. I'm still watching. Yes. I'm oh, behind God, on Fear of the Walking Dead, so that's but God, that's the only me. one. I'm not watching. I couldn't spoil it. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I, t- I tapped out season. I t- no, I t- it was eight. I think season eight. I tapped out. Yeah. 
I got that. I got as far as I could. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've taken breaks. I've taken breaks and then like binged and caught back up and, but it keeps me employed. People always need someone to write about the walking dead. So I will be that yeah. person for you. I mean, you. there's 65 different spinoffs. So, yep. I mean, shout out to them for keeping people employed mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. But yes, yes. Continue to tell us um, everywhere that you write. Uh, the Mary Sue polygon slate cosmopolitan, uh that's a good enough list for now i'm sure i'm forgetting some teen vogue what what a thrill nice i'm everywhere and nowhere (laughs) awesome happy to have you back uh jay christie where can we find you sir you can follow me on twitter at the jay christie listen to my other podcast love at first psych where me and andre bear are talking about the usa network original series psych i just want to do a quick note oh wait ellie are you a fan of the usa network original series psych no i'm excited to hear the quick note Oh, that the boat that they take to Wisconsin is called the SS Heron. I no doubt a shout out for Kate Heron. Oh, uh, yes. Director of season one and the first uh, notable person we ever got on this podcast as a guest. So, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Kate. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kate. Um, also, I got to say, shout out to uh, shout out to the directors of Loki this season. I, I find like the visuals are yeah pretty yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. And I think that like the, the stuff, even though I, they, I didn't need as much of the chases that they had, it was really nice that there was a chase that was clearly on a real set. And I, I know I hammer that drum, but like I want folks to notice it. I want when folks like, why does Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Media look so bad? Think about why this looks good. It's, it's one's real, one's not. <laughs> exactly but uh, jake do you have any more plugs besides that you no can't... i don't i i'm 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 employed once again which is nice not because of the walking dead but uh so i'm yeah. less stressed about that oh man you could follow me on, on twitter or what remains of twitter at anthony cants on underscore three follow the show on all platforms at mc university pod subscribe to the youtube channel earlier this week uh did a special nba episode for the nba season with the kaius duncan that was a lot of fun if you haven't checked that out go check that out uh patreon.com slash mc university pod where you could get our bonus content we do have some bonus content we're about to about to really like ramp up recording to get these things in through the end of the month subscriber mailbag a good beef and also fate of the furious so that should be a lot of fun to do very soon very excited um so appreciate everybody for supporting make sure you five star review the podcast subscribe to the youtube channel all of those things for leah and Jake, I am Anthony Canton the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.